With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi everybody, welcome back to the Gallagher Shots YouTube channel and welcome back to another match preview. Uh, this week we're going to be taking a look at the Liverpool game. It's a midweek fixture this one. Uh, we're going to be travelling down to Anfield on Wednesday night uh, for a Under the Floodlights 8pm kickoff. Uh, I'm Scott, I'm your host as always and this week I'm joined by Daryl. Daryl, how are you my friend? I'm good mate, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Um, pleased we're still undefeated but there's been a couple of little bits Definitely, of news yeah. dropping just recently that's... Uh, Damp at those spirits just a little bit. Um, and as you can also see, I'm also joined by a special guest this week. Uh, we have Adam P. Uh, Adam, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, Chaz Ramion, got a good shot. No worries, mate. Anytime you want. Uh, if you do like this content and you want to see more of it, please consider becoming a subscriber. It's absolutely free to do so. All you need to do is scroll down from this video and hit that red subscribe button. Uh, you can also hit the thumbs up button and the little bell icon while you're down there and what that will do is it'll help us reach other people uh, on youtube but it will also uh, get you notifications when we post new videos on the channel we have a whole host of content uh, throughout the week uh, only today did we post two videos of uh, the united state which was uh, the podcast was shared and they did a, an interview uh, with dan who uh, is from i believe canada from montreal and he talked about his uh, history and how he became a Newcastle mm -hmm. fan. It's a good watch. And we also had the FPL show uh, where we go over our, our tips for the coming game week. Um, always good and always uh, informative. Uh, it was done this week because Matty was still away camping. One more thing to remind you of, the Gallagher Shots match preview is brought to you by Magpin, the go-to site for high-quality, unofficial enamel pin badges of Newcastle players, legends and retro kits. For more information, go to magpinbadges.bigcartel.com. So then, as I mentioned before, we are have another midweek fixture. It's two in a row. Uh, never good, but 
what you're going to do with cup ties. We are travelling to Anfield uh, for a Wednesday night kickoff um, against Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool haven't been doing too well, although, you know, this weekend excluded, obviously, with that 9-0 win. But they're currently sitting ninth in the table with one win, two draws and one defeat. Daryl, what are your confidence levels going into this fixture? Well, until we found out the uh, news as we recorded today, um, I probably would have been all right. I think we might just get through that game and still be undefeated for the season. Um, but here in the injury news or reported injury news about Bruno this afternoon that he'll miss the next couple of games is a massive disappointment. I thought we really missed him yesterday against Wolves. Um, his presence in our midfield was a massive loss to us in that game, I think. And I know we came out of it with a point yesterday and we'll get on to that. But I just think, you know, you need a player of Bruno's quality in that starting eleven. Um, so going into Wednesday's game, I'm a little bit apprehensive, and I, or I'm thinking that the undefeated run may go. Yeah, Bruno's kind of a linchpin in our central midfield. If you you find, and uh, his lack of quality was quite telling yesterday. Adam, I know you made the trip over to Wolverhampton yesterday, or you might even the day before. I know you did a, an overnight blog as you always do. Um, how was your trip, and how was the game? Well, the trip was good. Uh, it does take a while to get Wolves even on the train. It was like four and a half hours in total on the train, so it, it does take a while to get there. Uh, it was good. I think the way the game was going in the second half, I think Newcastle had a good game in general. Um, considering we, we missed out on a lot of our key players, I still think we had a good game. But the way the game was going, it was frustrating to watch. I always felt like it was going to be a 1-0 to Wolves, but out of nowhere, Sir Maxman just completely just flipped the game on its head and then we had a chance to win at the end. So, yeah, um, a lot of emotions coming out of the game. Now, the injuries are the biggest mm-hmm. problem going to Liverpool. You just spoke there about Bruno being out for the rest of the week. That's a huge one. We've got Callum Wilson's going to be out for now a couple of weeks. Uh, now, Sim Maxwell hasn't been any news about him coming out, but he was holding his hamstring when he was coming off the pitch against Wolves. So, that one, I would think, is a bit of a concern for Wednesday. Uh, as well as that, we've got our new signing, Saka's his work permit going to be in for Wednesday. I sure hope so. So, we've got that to deal with as well. So, there's a lot of questions going into the game of who's going to play, and I think that's going to be our biggest problem against Liverpool. We really needed our, our best possible team to have a good chance against, and I feel like with some of the players in the squad, it's going to be a tough test. And I mean, I'm not complaining. It took about five games to potentially lose, but I think, uh, as I said before, we probably will end up uh, losing our unbeaten streak. Yeah, so we'll come to our predictions towards the end of this. But like you mentioned, there are a few injuries. And, and like uh, Daryl mentioned there, it's breaking as we are recording. Uh, Mr. Craig Hope has reported that it's going to be at least two games that uh, Bruno will be out for. We are recording this before uh, the match preview uh, that um, Eddie Howe will be doing, the post-match interview. So we'll find out tomorrow, like everybody else, what exactly will uh, the, the news will be on those injuries. Um, just touching on our injuries uh, again there. Yeah, like you said, we've got Bruno out, Wilson out, obviously John Joe Shelby and Emil Kraft, who looks like he's going to be out for the remainder of at least this half of the season. Um, and Saint is a possible. Uh, if it is his hamstring, you're probably looking at, at easy six weeks uh, for those things to, to get back. Let's hope it is just another one of those cases of saying at the end of a game tends to limp around a little bit and it's just one of those false alarms. You never know. We'll find out uh, tomorrow in the in the pre-match interview. Mm-hmm. But moving on to Liverpool and actually looking at their injury list as well, they have a few key players who are going to be missing. Um, talking the likes of Thiago, um, obviously Oxlade-Chamberlain's been out for the, most of the season. Uh, Naby Keita, who scored in the reverse fixture against us, 
last season. Mm. Um, and also, obviously, Darwin Nunes, who's still suspended, which is big, big news, really, because uh, he is kind of their, their new star boy. And another one which I only found out today when doing a little bit of research, but Harvey Elliott, who had a blinder of a start at the weekend, obviously came off at half time. He seems to have a little niggle as well. He's only on a 75% chance of starting. Daryl, does the list of injuries that Liverpool have, and there's a few others like Diego Jota, uh, Keller, Curtis Jones, um, and some others, does that boost the morale of the team for Newcastle, given the injuries that we have as well? Does it kind of counterbalance each other, or do Liverpool have one of those squads where it doesn't really matter? I think it's a bit of everything there, Scott, to be honest. I mean, it's down to Eddie to motivate the team now and get them ready and prepared for whatever squad Liverpool are able to put out there. Um, you know, they have quite a lot of strength and depth, which is something you can't actually say about us as a team just at the moment, as much as the investment's been there and we've brought some real quality in in the two transfer windows so far that we've had under Eddie Howe and, and the new ownership. Um, we're just starting to see the cracks a little bit with the injuries that we're now picking up. And it's just starting to show that when you really lose your top starters and top performers in certain positions, the replacements that come in behind them just aren't quite up to scratch. And as much as it pains me to say that about the lads, because I love them all, it's just a, one of those honest facts of life, unfortunately. Um, but again, you know, you're saying there that Liverpool do have their own injuries. It's probably been a contribution to their relatively poor start to the season in, in their eyes because they would be expecting to be doing something like an Arsenal or Man City at this moment in time and being either completely undefeated with four straight wins or being in and around the top three, four positions in the league at anyway. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be tough. Um, it may play into our hands ever so slightly if we can be organised and I think defensively even though we've got the injury to craft, we are probably going to be all right in that respect. And I think it was important to see Matt Target come on uh, on Sunday, so he'll probably be looking to be starting on Wednesday night. Yeah, it absolutely was. I think I think the way Eddie's uh, played that one with Target, he gave him 45 minutes against Forrest and then another 45, 30 minutes against uh, Wolves. Yeah. Um, with Liverpool, you know, being ninth in the league currently at this stage of the season, Adam, the fact that they're below us in the league, you would have took that at the uh, the start of the season, would you? Well, yeah, definitely. I think if you said that at the start of the season, you would think we're first in the table or something there in Liverpool. But I think the fact that the ninth are uh, very surprising. Now, I've watched them uh, pretty much all the games so far this season. It just hasn't clicked on for them so far. I think Mane is a huge miss for them. Uh, Salah, you would expect Salah to kind of take the ranks. He hasn't really done that so far. It's going to be a tough test. Now, I know they scored nine past Bournemouth, but I've watched Bournemouth quite a bit this season as well. And they already look like a team that's probably going to get relegated. I, I don't rate them one bit. So, I, I don't think it's that much of an issue with the fact they won 9-0. It's just how confident the players are going to be now. Newcastle haven't won at Anfield in over 30 years or something. I wasn't even alive last time we won there, so... Yeah, uh, going to that game, Newcastle are always going to have that at the back of their minds that we just never win at Anfield. So uh, it's something that I think Eddie Howe would try and do, but it's one of those ones where it's just bad time for us. As we saw with the injuries before, I think it's a bad time to get them. It's good to get them out of the way because I always think Anfield is an unwinnable game for Newcastle. But yeah, I, I would like the Saves to try and get something, but ultimately, yeah, I think it's one of those ones where despite the injuries Liverpool have, you would still expect them to win on paper. Yeah, you mentioned Mo Salah there, uh, kind of 
missing Saudio Mane, it's quite telling when Liverpool can score nine goals and he's not involved in any of them. Um, I know us FPL folk who put him as our captain were absolutely forming at the weekend. Um, <laughs> you see the scoreline, you check it, and he's got six points if you captained him. It's uh, it's not the best of looks. However, that being said, Mo Salah does tend to turn up against us. Um, he does like the odd goal or two against us. Um, he didn't start the last game, if I remember rightly. We started on the bench, which mm. took everybody by surprise. Um, they did still end up winning, of course, and he did come on, I think, 60, 70 minutes from what I remember um, and run the show. Uh, Daryl, do you think Mo Salah's still as big of a threat as he always has been? And is this just a little blip? Is he maybe doing a Harry Kane and not getting started until September? I think it just goes with the old saying, isn't it? Form is, um, form is temporary, class is permanent. So yeah. I think he's probably just going through a little blip at the moment. And to be honest, it may be that old case of Dr. Newcastle saying, you know, Mo Salah and probably get you back in the stride of things. And obviously we hope that those days aren't going to be repeated and we can blank him out for another game at least and let him tear somebody else apart in a couple of weeks' time. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, he's a world-class player. He's one of the best in the world as things stand. Um, so to keep him quiet, I think, would be a massive achievement for us. Yeah, I, I hope so. I think one more thing to touch on on Liverpool before we move on to Newcastle. Um, obviously, at the weekend, they've got the Merseyside derby against Everton. And then the midweek fixture is their first fixture in the Champions League, which I believe is Napoli. So that's not going to be an easy game either. Um, Adam, do you think there's any chance of uh, Jurgen Klopp resting some of his bigger players for this game and concentrating on those two, on paper, more important games when you think of you know a derby and then a Champions League game? Or do you think he goes all out for all three? Well, with Klopp, I imagine he would try and go all out for it anyway. Uh, he would expect those Liverpool players, you know, how good they are, to just keep going non-stop no matter how many games they play. But yes, the Napoli and Everton game, that's a good point. Those two are bigger games on paper for Liverpool, so... If Liverpool fans had the choice of resting players mm. in one of those games, they'll pick Newcastle, obviously. So maybe they might end up doing that. Now it, it just depends on the situation. It's hard to tell at the minute. Uh, on the day of the game, we'll see what happens. Uh, I know it's on a Wednesday and they're playing the Saturday, but it's still a couple of days to get the players resting. So I think um, it'd be a case of maybe having a couple of players resting and then still have a majority of the squad start. I don't think it's going to be a complete sort of transformation of the team. It might just be the case of one or two potentially getting rested for Everton. Absolutely. And I think um, Jurgen Klopp will make full advantage of the five substitution rule yeah. uh, in our game and also in the Everton game if he's going to be uh, concentrating on that Champions League um, fixture at the uh, in, a week's in a week's time. Yeah. So we'll move on to Newcastle. And one player I want to talk about, we talked about him quite a bit in the last preview, and that's uh, the new signing, the striker, Alexander Isak. Ale Adam, I'm going to stay with you. Um, do you think we're going to see him make a debut or do you think it's going to be a bench cameo if he gets his clearance in time? I think it'll be a bench cameo. I think that's what the plan was for Wolves until he didn't get his work permit. Uh, you've seen Eddie Howe do this with Botman and Bruno. He slowly works pleasant the squad. Now, I think it will be a little bit different with this one because of the striker situation we've got. Now, I don't want to bash on Chris Wood, but I think most fans know that he's not scoring the goals he needs to. He's... For me, he's too slow. He doesn't fit in Eddie Howe's style of play with me where he moves around. It's just, I don't know, it doesn't really seem like a player that would fit in the Castle system with a constant trying to press the opposition. I think he'll come off the bench and I think the strike will be worked in quickly uh, rather than 
you see with Bruno where it took over a few weeks. So I think you've been pretty, pretty much, I think your start against Palace is actually probably the best way of putting it. But I think for Liverpool, if he's work permits here in time, I expect him on the bench. And I do expect him to make his debut in the second half. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because, like you mentioned there with, with Bruno, there were some games where he was getting two or three minutes at the yeah. end of games. And, and the same yeah. with Botman um, at the start there. I think I think he came on for the last two minutes in uh, in one of our early games, if I remember rightly. Um, Daryl, what do you make of the Isak situation? Do you think he, uh, he gets at least a few minutes um, against Liverpool? I think Adam's completely right in what he said there. And, you know, we've seen it so far and we've named those players straight away in, in terms of how they've been sort of bled into the squad over a period of time. And I think Adam's spot on as well when he says that with the striker situation, it might just be done a little bit quicker and a little bit more forcefully. Um, I think if Chris Wood does start on Wednesday night, he may only get an hour and then maybe Isaac will get the final 30 minutes and then that should hopefully set him up in good stead to start on Saturday against Paris. Yeah, I, I I tend to agree with both of you there. I think if if it's still nil nil and there's sixty minutes on that clock, I think Eddie Howe will be chomping at the bit to get his new star man on the on that pitch to see what he can do. I've seen reports today that he's absolutely humiliated one of the defenders in training this week. I don't know who it is, but it was doing the rounds that he's absolutely humiliated them with uh, with a with a little run and then a, a, a little shot that he did. So. Uh, Hopefully you can replicate that on the pitch, and he's not just a, a training ground wonder like we've had a few in the in the past. Um, there's a few that sprint to mind when you when you talk about that. Other players for Newcastle, obviously we have our injuries um, elsewhere in the pitch. We'll come on to our lineups and our predictions for who will start. I think you know again as we're recording, there is kind of breaking news that the Martin de Bravka deal is all but done. Um, he will be loaned out to Manchester United. Um, so I think we can all agree that it's going to be Nick Pope between the sticks at the yeah. weekend. And and what a great season he's had for us so far. Um, he's been absolutely solid. If he, if he said at the beginning of the season that we'd be getting a goalkeeper of his calibre in, when we had a high-calibre goalkeeper in Martin Dubravka and a pretty good backup in Carl Darlow, it wouldn't have been the first on my list of, of who we needed to get through the doors. Like That would have been one for maybe next season or even next January for that window to bring in a replacement keeper. Um, Adam, were you surprised with the the movement in the keeper situation when it comes to, one, bringing in Nick Pope, and then two, Martin Dubravka kind of on his way out? Well, I think with Dubravka, I think it was only a matter of time before he would want to move out of the football club. I mean, I think it was more or less the second we signed Nick Pope. I mean, Nick Pope wouldn't have signed for Newcastle unless he was starting for us. I I couldn't imagine him coming as a number two, so I think I was a dead giveaway straight away. Now, with Pope and South, uh, I think it's an obvious sign when you think about it. Um, I don't know why I didn't think about this earlier in the window. Like, it's such an obvious sign. Bernie got relegated, and there's a goalkeeper available that wants to leave for like £12 million, an exceptional goalkeeper. So, yeah, it was really good business for Newcastle. Got a deal done in the space of 24 hours, so he wasn't messing around with that. Now, uh, with Nick Pope starting, as you said before, yeah, I expected that happening. And as a result, the Bradger is just more or less said, I've had enough, I want to go elsewhere. But the only thing with the Bradger being is that he's left as a second choice goalkeeper. They're going Man U, where he's probably going to be a second choice goalkeeper there as well. So, I mean, yeah, uh, it's his choice at the end of the day. He's had a great career at Newcastle, but uh, I think he kind of left in the bit of a sour note, unfortunately. Yeah, we were talking about this on the preview for the Tramia game. We were saying whoever doesn't make the bench, or whoever doesn't start in that game is probably out the door. Um, and it turns out it was Darlow. Whether it was because of this talk about 
Dubrovka's potential move to Man U because it was kind of emerging around that time. Yeah. Had anything to do with it, we don't know. I think one thing I would say about Dubrovka and his defence for the move is he'll probably get more games because Man U are in cups. They're in Europe as well and he'll probably play the European games. And who knows if De Gea has a poor run of form like he tends to have. He, he hasn't been the most solid of goalkeepers over the past few years. Maybe he'll sneak into the Premier League starting team as well and, and get a few minutes. But we'll see what happens. We do wish him all the luck. Obviously, he is still a Newcastle player until at least the end of the season. It is only a loan uh, with an option to buy. This is what we're, what we're getting reports here, not an obligation. So we'll see what happens. He may come back um, thinking, actually, I was better off where I was and I'll have another season at Newcastle next year. Um, saying that it'll be 35. Is it the sort of signing that you still want? Anyways, moving on to the defence. Daryl, is it as you were? Or like you've mentioned before, does Matt Target come in? And if he does, what happens between Byrne and Botman? Yeah, um, I think it is going to be quite a, a nasty decision that uh, Eddie Howe is going to have to make. And as, as I've said in, in previous match previews, I'm glad it's not my headache um, to have. Um, I think as much as I've said that Target will want to come in or should come in, I think Eddie will probably stick with the same back four. Um, he likes his consistency and that back four has been consistent since Matt Target got his injury. Um, you know, Dan Burns filled in really well at left back. I thought he was actually... Re- when I first saw his name on the team sheet against City, I had I had absolutely massive worries about it. And then as the game progressed in that game itself, you could see actually it was quite a smart decision to put him in there because his height was able to cut out those balls that were being put across to Bernardo Silva on that right wing. Um, so he was cutting out all those crosses. He wasn't outfoxed that many times in the air. Um, Bernardo Silva did get the better of him on the ground, but that's by the by because he's a big man with gangly legs, you know. Um, and those things can happen with him there. But I think he'll probably go with the same back four. It will be interesting to see if he does change it because he might change it, as I say, because if if he's going to be up against a tricky winger and he's going to have two on his hands there with Salah and. Luis, Luis Diaz, whether he might want to go back to target, who's probably a little bit more better in dealing with uh, a tricky player than, than Dan Byrne would be. Um, but I think he'll probably stick with that back four. Yeah, the, the other thing you've got to remember as well is uh, Liverpool have also got Trent Alexander-Armstrong and uh, yeah. Robertson as well, who, you know, you may as well say there's two wingers on each side who mm-hmm. are going to cause the problems. Um Kieran Trippier is an interesting one. He seemed to be holding his uh, his hamstring as well a little bit by the end of the game, but he did appear to run it off, and he has been seen in the training photos today that Newcastle released. Um, Adam, is, is Trippier a start for you if he's fit? Yeah, 100%. Uh, I think Trippier is just that player has to start every single match. And with the right-back situation as well, I mean, let's just hope he doesn't get injured anytime soon because I was going to be stuck with Mancure and, and that's the last right back of crap out pretty much the full season, you would feel like. So, yeah, um, that's still a problem at the minute. The squad debt would say, uh, you saw the bench, for example, even some players that started against Wolves yesterday. Just there's some players there just aren't cutting it anymore, is, is probably the best way of putting it. Uh, I, I mean, a lot of them are great sims at the club, they've done an incredible job in the time we've had. But now, under the new ownership, as we get better players in, just some of them just just can't really cut it anymore. So uh, as for the Liverpool game, I mean, Kieran Trippier just has to start uh, in that Liverpool game. We've got no choice but to start him if he's match fit. Uh, mm-hmm. As for our side, as you said before about Dan Byrne, 
Yeah, I probably agree as well. Eddie Howe will keep the back four. Uh, personally, for me, I think I would switch left back around. Uh, I like Dan Byrne yesterday, but I think this is one of them where you just want to switch someone around and just make sure Dan Byrne can be ready for the game on the Saturday. So uh, I would probably make one or two rotations personally. It, I mean, against Liverpool, with all due respect, it's, it's not the worst case in the world. You're going to change a couple of things around and just take the loss in the chin. Uh, I think it's a good chance to try and get a couple of extra, extra legs going and then. Uh, be back in Saturday, hopefully, for much better performance. But it's just one of those ones where, as I said earlier, again, it's just bad time to play Liverpool and it's unfortunately something we're going to have to deal with. It is. It is absolutely something we're going to have to deal with. Uh, we'll move a bit further up the pitch. We'll talk about what centre midfield. Obviously, we know about Bruno being out. Um, is it a case if you stick with what started with Wolves and you go Willock, Joel Linton and uh, Sean Longstaff? Um, or do you mix it up and maybe give Elliot Anderson a little run out instead of Willick? Uh, Daryl, Elliot Anderson did a very good job when he came on against Wolves. And like Adam said earlier, he actually nearly got the winning goal uh, if it wasn't for that crossbar. Um, what's your thoughts on the centre? I think the centre would probably just remain unchanged, to be honest, Scott. Um, as much as Elliot Anderson did come on and do really well, I think, again, you'll probably be looking to have that similar sort of impact in the game on Wednesday night as well. And using him later on in the game when one of the more experienced midfield three start to get a bit tired and they probably will have no run around after Liverpool for, for the best part of 90 minutes um, you know they've been fairly solid as it is and I thought Sean was that Sean Longstaff was denied a clear penalty in the first half against Wolves with a shirt pull um, I still look at that and I just think how you know had Ruben Neves on some sort of drug not knowing and having memory loss and not knowing how that game went on Sunday and uh he seemed to conveniently forget that we had a shock involved decision of our own. Yeah, and I think I was on Sky Sports News today with the ref watch that um, I can't remember which referee it was that they had on, but he pretty much confirmed two things. One, it was definitely a penalty against uh, against Longstaff. And two, it was not a red card against Shaw. Um, so the two things that Neves was pretty much complaining about. And yeah, it was a bit of a harsh challenge, maybe, but it was no way a red card. Um you know, it kind of made him look even worse than what he has been already based on those comments. When it comes to the front three, and, and again, we're assuming that Eddie Howe keeps the same formation here, obviously, with this lineup. Um, we've got a possible injury to St. Maximum, and, and, and even if he's not 100%, Adam, do you rest St. Maximum anyway if he has a little niggle? What could be one game, is, which, like you said, could be written off, could lead to being a, a longer-term injury than putting them on the bench or even not including them in the squad and I'm actually getting fully fit for Crystal Palace. Well, if you just have a niggle, yes, I would bench him. I wouldn't take him out of the squad completely. I'll have him on the bench in case we need to bring him on. Uh, as long as he's obviously fit enough to actually come on the pitch. I would start Fraser on his position. You have that arm on your side and wood up top. And again, it's just a problem Newcastle on the bench when you bring on. you got Murphy, Richie and Anderson. That's about all we've got going forward. I think Anderson's been attacking midfielder and you see what he put him in the front three. So, yeah, uh, it's one of those ones we've just got to get by. I'm hoping Newcastle still get a couple more signs in. We haven't utilised the loan market yet, so I expect us to try and loan somebody in uh, before deadline day. So it's one of those ones we'll have to wait and see. Now, Wilson, I expect him to be back uh, within the next couple of weeks. So I think he'll be fine. That'll be obviously a massive boost for the team. So that was just a bit of a scare, which is thankfully led to us bringing another striker in. But uh, again, for Wednesday, we've got to work with what we have. Absolutely. It's going to be interesting with Wilson because now we've got Isak, who, and we touched on this in the last preview, is, is pretty much like for like in what Wilson 
brings to the table in terms of the stats, at least. Obviously, he's a lot taller and probably a little bit faster and a bit better on the ball than Wilson maybe is. Um, if Wilson is fit, and obviously he's not going to be for this game, Daryl, do we have a bit more lenience in terms of resting him a bit longer that we can actually get him to a, a, a proper fitness level as opposed to like, right, you're ready, let's go. Maybe it's two or three more games than what we would have normally done because we've got Isak um, who can start for us. Absolutely. Now that we've brought Isak in, we've, you know, there's a little bit more strength in the depth in that position. And from what we've seen so far, and I'll touch wood and keep everything crossed, that Isak doesn't seem to be any sort of injury magnet himself. So he seems to be able to keep himself fairly healthy. Um, and if it means that Wilson gets a better opportunity to build up his fitness and build up his resiliency as well to get in these kinds of injuries, then by all means, we'll, we'll go down that route, I think, and, and keep him building his strength and keep Isaac, uh, Isaac even in, in that team going forward. Absolutely, yeah. I don't know if it's Isaac or Isaac or Isaac or whatever you want to call it. I think <laughs> it depends on where you're from. Um, we'll move on to our predictions. Um, and I'll stay with you, Daryl. Um, what's your predictions for this game on Wednesday? I think it will probably be a Liverpool win. I think, the, you know, as much as I don't want it to, I think the undefeated streak will come to an end and I'm going to go with 2-0 to Liverpool. 2-0 Liverpool. Adam, your prediction? Well, I was actually going to say 2-0 as well to Liverpool, but I'll change it for the case of this video. But as you said just there, yeah, it's going to be very tough with the players we've got. We've got all our main stars mostly injured so it's one of those ones where we just got to focus on Palace really try and get the three points in that game we've had a good start this season we've been picking up quite a few draws so hopefully uh, getting our winner two in the bag but uh, it's been good so far let's not get greedy Liverpool we're still not at that level yet we can really challenge the top teams I know we did a great job against City but we can't do that every single time against these sort of teams so yeah um, I'm going to go 2-1 Liverpool I'm going to hope Newcastle will get an early goal but it's one of those ones we've seen at Anfield so many times over the years. We try and get a 1-0 lead and hold on and it never happens. So, yeah, we're going to see it's going to happen again. But I think Newcastle will put a good performance in. I think we will uh, look at the game and go, you know what? Unlucky, let's try again. Awesome. So, I'm going to be slightly more positive and I'm going to go for a one-all draw. Um, I think... We'll be defending quite deep, and, and I've, I've seen Liverpool find that quite hard to break down. Um, and I think we'll fr frustrate them. Um, but I think they will eventually break us down, and they will get a goal. But I, I think we've still got a good goal in us against them, catching them out in the counter-attack. It really depends on if St. Maxwell plays um, for that counter-attack to really work. Although Ryan Fraser was looking as fast as ever on, on Sunday, so... Maybe he can do a job there as well. We'll see. But yeah, I just I just got this feeling that Liverpool, they haven't hit the ground running. I think the game at the weekend was maybe them letting out a lot of frustration. And I'm glad they did it then because guarantee it would normally be against us. But I've got a sneaky feeling we'll get something from this. So I'm I'm going to be a bit positive and say it's going to be a one-all draw. Probably come back to Haunters and it probably will never be that. But we'll see what happens. So that wraps up everything we need to talk about today. Um, if you like this sort of content, we do this every single week for every single game uh, where we'll talk about the previous game, the opponents, us, and then fixtures and uh, lineups. If you want to catch all of this and more, please consider becoming a member of the Gallagher Shots YouTube channel. We're so close to 9,000 subscribers. We'd love to hit that by the end of the year. 
Um, so scroll down from this video and hit that little uh, subscribe button. And while you're there, hit the thumbs up or thumbs down if you like or dislike this video. And also hit the little bell to be notified when uh, we get new videos out. If you want to go one step further, we do have a membership program. Uh, it's $2.99 or $4.99 per month. And that gets you access to the Telegram group, which is around 132 people at the moment. And it's going absolutely crazy with uh, transfer speculations, injury speculations, and then every single game, it's an absolute hot pot of just joy at the moment, joy uh, and, uh, and, and good times. You also get access, well, early access to a lot of the videos that we produce every single week. Um, it really depends on timeline. So, you know, midweek games, we tend to not put them out to members, but most of the time you'll get an early access to match previews, the FPL show, uh, the United States, uh, and uh, some other content as well. All that's left for me to do now is to thank the two gentlemen who have joined me this evening. So, Daryl, thanks very much, mate. No about that. Anytime. And Adam, thanks very much. Do you want to tell the people at home where they can find you? Uh, cheers for having me on. And uh, as for my channel, just type in Adam Pearson on YouTube. It'll pop it straight away for you. But yeah, it's been a pleasure, lads. Thank you so much. No, no worries, worries Adam. You're welcome back anytime you want. And we will leave a link in the description below to Adam's channel. Uh, you've probably already subscribed. To be honest, he's probably the reason you're watching this now. So, uh, <laughs> But we'll, we'll link to him anyway. So thanks very much for watching, and we will see you in the next one. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.